0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be
0: with you always.
1: You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 105. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float.
0: Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my
2: only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to
3: impersonate a deity.
0: That's not how the Force works.
3: Force is
1: with
2: me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Angela Cialana, a.k.a. The Bendu, and you are listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. And of course, we would have loved to have had the one and only Father Fett as our usual host. But he has gone and lost his voice. So we wish the very best to uh, the search and rescue party to retrieve (laughs) his voice and have him return to us next week. Today is the day that we pop out of the sand and crawl into the Disney Plus Star Wars series, The Book of Boba Fett. And joining me today is another desert dweller, Old Ben, a.k.a. Mike Kribe. Hello, Mike.
3: I've been waiting for weeks to say this. Hello there. It's It's been so long. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's great to have you back. That's well, good. And to be back. um yeah, for those who are maybe new to the show, um, Mike kind of brain brainchilded or brain bore, I don't know how you say it, but it he started something. this idea <laughs> of uh, a segment called Ham Solo in which we share our kind of fun Star Wars life adventures. Uh, so, Mike, what have you got for us this week?
3: Well, it was the Sarlacc this time at the, uh, the deli order. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I said it was, I don't really know. I don't think anybody back there really pays attention to what's on the slip anyway. They don't seem to react to it. No one's like calling it out. But, uh, you know, and then before Christmas, I think they, they might have mentioned it was way before Christmas. Um, and I don't know if I'm saying this right. Prince is I, I thought it was Shizor or Caesar. I can't remember. He was um, from the uh, expanded universe was one of the the, mm-hmm. the big characters in the novels and such. That was the last time I got deli meat. So <laughs> <laughs> my hope is that with this new season, I'll be able to um, get a couple new character names out there. Maybe we'll see.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, maybe some Fennec Shand. Have you have you ordered me under the name Fennec Shand? I don't.
3: I think I did once early on (laughs) in maybe even in season. Well, no, it was was when she came back. Maybe in season two, the tragedy, Mandalorian, maybe. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Cool.
1: Um, any fun? Maybe Star Wars Christmas gifts that you got?
3: Yeah, I actually have a couple here. Um. And I'm showing, I mean, you can see these on the camera, but everyone else is just hearing. But my my sister, this box, like, I, I have to keep the box. The um, And I'd seen ads for it, but the Star Wars Dr. Squatch specially crafted soap bars, which oh was my like, goodness. but this box, I don't know if you can, I you don't know if people listening are like, don't do that thing that you hate where someone's on a podcast saying, look at this. But really, <laughs> but it's like, so it was this, the, the bars are upstairs, but it was like, they're like these square bars of soap, and there's like an Obi-Wan one, a Yoda a vader and a mall one and like and
1: they all smell different i guess yeah
3: and, and they're you know like <laughs> essential oils and all sorts of stuff and like it's but it's really wow. good legit soap so uh that and then the big one was I, i'm just gonna lift one of them but my my brother-in-law went on my like amazon like wish list and actually like actually and he was talking to my wife about it and he's like she's like yeah you can yeah i mean there's some things on there and he's like oh no he has to have this one and uh it was the um the two volume 22 pound ralph MacQuarie, like
1: oh my goodness. full
3: like you know concept art of star wars book or the two set like the you know it's it's ridiculous this thing is that like so hefty. heavy you can so definitely
1: it's... do some uh you know maybe exercises <laughs> yeah. in your chair there with that
3: but <laughs> I, I just started going through it and it's just so incredible and i was reading the forward and stuff and, and i'm sure a lot of a lot of our listeners, or, or at least some of them, I'm sure, have encountered that. But it's it's just so cool. Where I, I guess they went through, and I think it's everything. Or I mean, it mm. was it was a very extensive project to basically get everything, or scans of like basically everything they could possibly find uh, that he did. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, and what's so cool is not just for like this stuff for like the original trilogy, but to see, as we all have, you know, all these different things that have been, uh, I don't know if recycled's the right word, but but you know that that honoring. You know, that um, is it Doug Chang. Is that right? Uh, right. I think that's right. Right. And the, and the team, like how, how many of the artists now go back and, and it's it's like your start point. It's almost like scripture. No, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, like their touchstone for what they do with it. It's like that's the standard. And and, uh, and those things you see cropping up like in these these newer shows and movies. It's just really cool. So that one's the, the nice. one that really I don't know where to put it. I don't have like a shelf that can <laughs> hold it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> getting a new we'll organizer for my desk. Yeah, I just want to like yeah. put it in there. So. But yeah. How, how about you?
1: Oh, well, since we last recorded, I celebrated my birthday. Oh, happy and, birthday. And um, a coworker gifted me a very cool uh, Funko Pop Christmas tree ornament. Uh, nice. I posted it on Slack for our team to see. But mm-hmm. uh, it's the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and he is wearing his jetpack. Uh, carrying little grogu it's i mean it's a good size ornament um yeah. looks really neat on our christmas tree so that was that's pretty cool fun to get yeah <laughs> um and then somebody else who joined in on our ham solo segment uh this week was actually a listener jeff who emailed us uh, the day before the book of boba fett debuted and he shared photos of a beverage he was planning to enjoy uh, during the debut called Java the Hut Coffee Stout.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> I must have missed that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well, definitely. I can forward that to you again so that you can that see that. But good. yeah, that was really neat. Um, I looked up the brewery and it's actually in Texas, but it's about five hours oh, drive right, from I where did. I am. Okay. So
3: oh, my gosh. Probably
1: won't be getting that anytime soon. But... Uh, yeah, we'll be hearing more from Jeff and nice. uh, someone else who reached out to us with feedback a little bit later in the program. Um, but what I would love to hear uh, from you, Mike, is how did you watch the debut episode of the book of Boba Fett? Did you stay until midnight to watch it? How no, did that work
3: no. no that, well, and honestly, that was uh, the most special part of all of it. So shout out to my friend uh, Tim. If he's listening, I'm, I'm sure he probably is. But um, my my friend Tim, we've been friends since like first grade. I was best man at his wedding. Um, they have a couple of kids who are they're They have two kids. Their youngest, Ryan, is my eldest's age. They they got married a few years before us. So Ryan and my daughter, Noelle, are the same age. Tim's daughter, Tim's daughter, Harper, is a little older. And then they have. Uh, so it's basically the, the four kiddos that kind of overlap. But uh, but he I forget how it I think it started with the Matrix because that came out. and We wanted to see that, too and he's like hey i just realized that the matrix like i can watch it on hbo max in my house right now and i'm like oh yeah we love going to the theater but like that's kind of also much cheaper you know so we're talking about this, <laughs> and he's got this massive tv and it just so happened that the best day that worked out for us to get together to do that was the 29th so oh, nice. i was like i deleted youtube off my phone I, I had to avoid like any you know any sort of spoilers and such but that was a lot of fun we got to just basically get uh, pizza and some, you know, some beers and sit down in the basement, watch the Matrix and then finish the night with the uh, Book of Boba Fett. So uh, they yeah. were basically like life size. So <laughs> so I think I'm going to be a little problematic when I go back to my mild <laughs> size TV this Wednesday, but it'll all wow. work it out. So it was fun. That
1: sounds really fun. It was, it was like awesome. being in a theater
3: almost, you know. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Good company and good picture quality.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I I watched it at home uh, with my husband. Um, it was one of those days where it's like when you're married to a Star Wars fan, they're just like, OK, yes, I know that today is Boba Fett day. <laughs> I know that we're going to watch it. So let's just watch let's it just now it. in the morning. So that's what happened. Cool. Um, and it was great. Yeah. Um, what were your first impressions of the episode?
3: Well, I, I, um, I kind of just go into it sort of assuming I'm going to love it, you know, um, right. for so many reasons, but just especially cause like the, the people behind it, you know, I mean, it's not. Um, not to speak ill of anyone else who's, who's you know, helped out with anything from the sequel trilogy to some of the shows, like, I you know, I didn't care you know, for example, for um, Resistance that much, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I was like, well, you know, so I think like if I had heard that, like, the team behind Resistance was doing Book of Boba Fett, or, like, this particular director or writer, I might have been a little more like, well, I still think it'll be good, but we'll see, but, you know, when you hear it's Favreau and Filoni and, and Robert Rodriguez, I'm like, hmm I would be like absolutely shocked if this wasn't just awesome, you know, <laughs> so um, so I, I, I do think I, I know a lot of people have have said just because, you know, you're you're like a greedy Star Wars fan and you want more like it did feel a little shorter in terms of like I knew what I knew how long it was going in, of course. But I remember that last scene when it was over and it goes to credits. I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I completely had forgotten that it was probably about to be over soon, you know, so, right. so that was a bummer. But um, no, I, I really, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, even considering how, I mean, when you think about it, like in terms of the contemporary kind of plot line, didn't really give us a whole lot, you know. Like it was mm-hmm. like a morning or an afternoon, you know. Right. But um. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited about how they've been setting it up. You know.
1: Yeah, I would say that also kind of I guess underwhelmed me, and so mm-hmm. I you know, like you, I, I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And, you know, there was so much that we did get in terms of backstory and some, you know, cool kind of set up things, um, kind of feeling out where Boba is right now. But at the same time, yeah, I just felt like some of the pieces were missing. Of course, you know, they have to be. I mean, it's the first episode, <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of how I felt, just Mm -hmm. like ready to be completely knocked out of the water. And then I was like, no, where is the rest of it? (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where I was. Um, But so let's get into the 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 actual discussion, the meat of the discussion. And, you know, usually we kind of reveal the story bit by bit and we discuss bit by bit. Um, however, the storytelling style in this uh, episode and probably I'm thinking in the whole series is a little bit more nonlinear in terms mm-hmm. of the flashbacks kind of weaving in and out. And so what I'd like to do in terms of guiding the discussion is focusing on scenes and themes mm-hmm. more so. Mm-hmm. So um, so first of all, the series being called Book of Boba Fett, I kind of want to talk about now that we've seen an episode because I think, you know, being a book, Mm -hmm. you know, it is a collection of stories and that comes part and parcel with, as I was, you know, watching the episode, I was thinking like American Western, of course, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a Mandalorian, we're on Tatooine. And we've talked about this in the Mandalorian and even, you know, I mean, throughout all of Star Wars, you get those themes, but you know, movies and TV series in the Old West kind of genre were tales of the Old West, right? right. And that would kind of be almost like the medieval knights tales in mm-hmm. a way from that time period. So I was kind of curious what your thoughts were in terms of like being the book of Boba Fett and kind of the storytelling style that we seem to be getting with that.
3: Yeah, it's um, it's funny because I... I this This way that they're approaching introducing at least elements of and it's it's i don't I didn't think it was heavy handed but the the gangster genre into mm-hmm. this mix a little bit more um and I don't think it's forced like I said either because I you know you you had that in well really I guess I'm trying to think if it really would have showed up in an obvious way in the sequel trilogy and i can't really think you know there's some brushes with sort of underworld or cd yeah. characters there but I, you know Jabba. not so much right mm-hmm. it's like this you know he's this kingpin mm-hmm. the the big the real big guy that's why i was laughing spoiler alert if you haven't seen uh um hawkeye yet where have you been but but seriously <laughs> but, but you know the idea of like you know, these little hints of like the big guy the big guy and i'm like Jabba the Hutt's the big guy. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you take this, this character that, you know, is, is so, you know, he's, he's not a main character per se. I mean, like, you know, he, he, he serves a purpose in the original movies and then in the, in the prequels, he serves a purpose. It's kind of like a hat tip to him being there, right? But this idea mm-hmm. of like, well, wait a minute, like this, but in universe, this dude, is is you know absolutely running the show in a like in a way that just i mean is so immense i mean you, you can basically have a field day with like getting creative minds together to imagine and just come up with what would happen right when you've got all this stuff to play with in the sandbox so to speak right like yeah. what could you do with his absence and i like i said like from the very get go the end of season two of mandalorian i I did not expect uh, an end credits scene necessarily. I happened to catch it. I know some people missed it and went, <laughs> went back. Like especially when they saw a lot of. I know a lot of people were saying like in the cast list, and they're like, "Matt Wood is Bib Fortuna." Like where was that? You know, <laughs> you know, so that was a little weird. But I, you know, I was not expecting any of that. I was not expecting the, you know, announcement of this show and that the the conversation that we've all sort of been having I think over the last year of just this like what, you know, like okay, that's not really what I would have e- expected. Um makes me want to know where they're where they're going with this. Um and what I'm guess I'm curious about just to get, kind of get back to your original question is because this is a spin-off uh, you know really it's, you know spin-off you could say of 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 uh, Mandalorian, you know, in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, but it's different, you know, so where's, it's just going to be interesting to see to see how this plays out. Like, whereas with Mando, you have this kind of pretty obvious, um, seed planted of this mission from the first episode. That's mm-hmm. going to make sense for him to be kind of like hopping around and go in different places. This is going to be different. I feel like, because I, I, I don't doubt that we'll go off world, but I do think a lot of this is going to be on Tatooine, it seems. Yeah. And so, um. Yeah, I think I think this one. Um, I, I, I it'll be fun to look back on it. I feel like and look at how this how this played out episodically compared to something like Mandalorian, which is almost more like um, I don't know if you've ever watched Have Gun Will Travel, but like we mm-hmm. we we love that the that, you know, old western where it's like that's the basically like his business card. He's just you know have gun will travel. Like and he just mm-hmm. you, know, you need someone to come in and help you know get rid of the mob boss in your town or hell you know the guys who are squeezing the locals for this, that and the other thing. that You have that kind of vigilante type. You know, he's not totally a good guy, but he's not totally a bad guy either. You know, so some of that gray character that you sometimes get with some of those westerns. I mm-hmm. think you can kind of piggyback off that with this in a, you know, kind of more of a gangster plot line. And it'll just be really interesting to see what they do with it. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how those genres kind of mix. I guess in this,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and even the episode title being "Stranger in a Strange Land," um, I believe, is a nod to a 1960s spaghetti western series that was centered around an antihero. So oh, okay. exactly like you're talking about, and he was just called the Stranger. That was his okay. character, and so he was played by Tony Anthony, and that was released as the direct competition. To the Dollars Trilogy oh, with Clint okay. Eastwood huh. as the man with no name. Yeah, So similar, you know, the stranger, mm-hmm. man with no name, you know, we're getting all of that. So, um, yeah. So now perhaps like the most epic tale in this book that we've been waiting <laughs> decades to hear <laughs> was how did Boba escape the Sarlacc? So, <laughs> what did you think about how this went down? Did it meet your expectations? What I, were you feeling?
3: And like I said, I, I, I've been listening to some things and looking at some of the, the, the <laughs> discussion about this out there, and I, it's I go back and forth on it. But I, the more I think about it, I personally like that he didn't just crawl back out the mouth. <laughs> I, I like that there was this. There's still some mystery to it because you're like. Well, whatever he did down there involved fire and a lot of violence and he comes out farther away, you know, Um, (laughs) and I just remember, like, as soon as he busts out and he's crawling through the sand and like we we already knew that he got out. Right. They Mm -hmm. jumped us like we we are. We met we sort of re-met his character five years after that with Mandalorian season two. So that's like clearly he got out. Clearly, he's had some damage from it, you know, but then to take us back there and to actually finally see it and my friend it was so great watching with my friend tim because it's boba fett's been his favorite character forever i mean it was always and and i didn't appreciate it that much at first we were always star wars fans but it's only been the last maybe 10 years that i'm like okay i kind of get it i you know yeah because it was just like for me i was always like dude like you have so many other characters to choose from (laughs) and so many people love boba fett and i was just always like guys on screen for like three minutes I, you know just yeah, yeah he's cool. I've, I've been
1: in the same yeah, situation right. right
3: and it's not unlike what i know when you talked to when you guys uh when your father uh, father father did the episode on Django and yeah. you were quizzing him on like how much screen time Yeah, you know, <laughs> but i think Django had more screen time than boba yes yeah you know and so i so i never i was like okay but we we're just loving it so much and, and especially sitting there with him getting to see this and as boba's like crawling across the sand i just looked at my friend i'm like dude this this is canon. This is canon. I just I said it like five yeah. or six times. It's just like ah, oh. I was like, this is so cool, you know. But but I love how when they do it well, and I I feel like you know, Filoni and Favreau have been doing this so well to be able to give us the ability to to get more. Like, how is this mm-hmm. even possible to get more out of the Star Wars we love, where it doesn't right. undermine it? You know, sometimes there's some things where I'm like, uh, okay, like okay, I can. I can I can factor midichlorians into OT somewhere. But, <laughs> OK, but with this kind of thing, just to be able to know that, like every time I watch Return of the Jedi now, you know, yeah. like I get more out of it because I know where this little thread goes. And that's just so cool. So I, I, I really I loved it. And I love that he wasn't in there for too long, you know, because exactly. it was just like we don't really need to see that,
1: <laughs>
3: you know, we it, don't it, need it, to
1: learn the digestive right? processes of
2: a Sarlacc. Yeah.
3: The only thing I didn't understand was why is there such an urgency if it takes a thousand years to digest? (laughs) But he clearly couldn't breathe. You know, it didn't say you'll live a thousand years. You'll just slowly be digested. So, right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it made perfect sense the way it was presented. Um, I was sort of expecting more. But of course, yeah, I mean, exactly what you were saying. Um, and if we know anything about Boba, it's that he is a survivor and he's a fighter. Yeah. Um, so it made sense that, you know, he wasn't in the Sarlacc any longer than he had to be. Right. I right. mean.
3: <laughs> well, I think that makes sense. Like if, if any of us wake up down in that thing, like <laughs> it's a race to get out of it. You know, yeah. like, that's like, I don't want to it be like,
1: oh no, I'm being digested. Slowly. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: You're like, I. I made it. Let's get back out. But I just wonder to what do you think about I wanted to ask, you know, whoever was on tonight about this too, but like the um are have they have, have has there been any official sort of um clarification about like his scarring and everything? Like is that from Sarlacc juices or is it was that already there or it's I don't really
1: know. Yeah, no, I don't think so because um well, I don't think there's been any clarification because really the first time that we saw that was on The Mandalorian. Right. And That's we like all years just assumed later, it was YouTube. because of the Sarlacc, right? Right. So um, who knows? I mean, obviously, he's been able to get some kind of back to treatment. And, yeah. you know, since then, everything's great. But, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll see something
2: yeah.
1: um, that can illuminate our, you know, understanding of his life even before he was yeah. making deals with Darth Vader and all that good stuff, I mean, maybe that came earlier on. Who knows? I don't know,
3: and it's it's so cool because it's like this. They did confirm it's nine uh, A B Y. So I, I, if my math is right, I mean, this whole like him being in Jabba's place, like this can't be more than a, probably a few months, weeks, months, right? Like after we saw him in Mandalorian season two, and he wasn't mm-hmm. looking as as bad in Mandalorian season two, as he does right coming out of the Sarlacc with the Tuskins, like in the flashback. Sure. Mm. But he basically looks like perfectly fine and tan and like healthy and everything with the, <laughs> So that Bacta, that's no joke, apparently.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it maybe doesn't take much. Uh,
3: yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> maybe he just didn't have the means to, I um, guess, <laughs> partake in that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, certainly kind of. See this surviving, you know, and this coming out of the sand and everything happening on screen at the beginning of this series. You know, I can't help but draw connections to Jonah and the whale, right? Like
2: oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: in scripture, you nice. know, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Jonah being swallowed by the giant fish you know, coming out after three mm-hmm. days, it's it's the precursor to Christ's resurrection. Oh, yeah. um, And like this whole rebirth idea, right, mm-hmm. basically. So, you know, I think that was, I would guess that was intentional, like at the very beginning that's of this you. series where essentially, you know, I mean, we've had this fan-driven series of events in the real world for like 40 years that's kind of led up to this rebirth of this character of Boba Fett, right? And mm-hmm. that's where we are today with all these new stories about him. So, um yeah. I thought that was pretty
3: cool. Well, and even the title too because you know, you'd mention this but the um the 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 biblical reference, right? You know if it's uh, Exodus 222 of um uh, Moses and Zipporah naming their son Gershom, which I guess in I guess would it be Hebrew or, or um Midian mm. or not Midian because he's with the yeah. Midianites, but either way, um I guess having the sense in the in um, their language of, you know, stranger from here or is, like, is he a stranger in a strange land. You know, so um, there's a lot of cool... Uh, there's been quite a few biblical or, or faith-minded kind of vocabulary, obviously. You know, even going as yeah. f- at least back to you know, Mandalorian Season 1 with The Sin right, and Sanctuary right, right. and, you know, like there's all these, you know, um, things that keep cropping up that are pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, you know, then um, we see after Boba comes out of the pit, right, Uh (laughs) then he's also, I mean, you could argue this is also part of the rebirth process, but, you know, he is uh, stripped by the Jawas, and then he is uh, taken captive by the Tusken Raiders. And, you know, I think we could have guessed that he had some kind of connection to the Tuscans based on what we learned in the Mandalorian series, you know, seeing him fighting and with the gaffy stick and everything. Mm-hmm. But now we got more of that backstory. So I was curious what your overall thoughts were kind of seeing this situation unfolding and especially, you know, bringing in yet again the Tusken Raiders into the the storytelling and seeing more of their culture too.
3: Well, first of all, I was not Surprise! i don't know if i had really fully predicted how it played out like we knew there had to be some java interaction because that's where cob Vanth found the found the armor exactly like you know like talk about having a bad day and these little dweebs (laughs) like what i loved like they really really i feel like the eyes were like extra yellow almost like a (laughs) you know like if you you know um I'm trying to think of what, what's the like Mike and Ike yellow. You know like that really kind of almost translucent <laughs> yellow to to really make sure that we know these are not off-world Jawas as uh as um Lando says in the was that the holiday special Lego. <laughs> it's mm. like, uh, off-world Jawas. But um but yeah, like classic Tatooine Jawas, which I don't think we've seen, right? Since when? Uh, I mean I mean well-
1: we saw them. yeah, the, we saw them in the Mandalorian. Because those
3: were the ones on the different planet that had, like, the red eyes. Oh, that's true. So these, yeah. yeah, but it was just, it was so funny, and I was like, of course, like, just, you jerks, you know? And just to leave him there, and then, you know, next up, the Tuscans. And I did think, you know, that their um, their look was really cool, because it was clearly, like, a different, a different tribe or group or whatever than maybe what we've seen before. They seem... Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not professional. They seem more <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: organized. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like um, I heard a couple people made references to their their with some of them. The, the costumes did have kind of like a Enfys Nests group kind of vibe with some of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was something I, I kind of caught on to as well. Uh, but I am curious because the the one who fights him, um, that I mean, the Gaffey sticks all there's some similarities, but I know that they, I, the behind the scenes thing from season two of Mandalorian, they were talking about how they had uh, made some special modifications to the one that Tem wanted to use so he could incorporate more, you know, Maori type fighting styles mm. and stuff like that. So that does look like the same one to me, at least. So I'm wondering if we'll have a. I don't know, some sort of gifting or that one dies Mm -hmm. and he takes it, you know, or or something like that because he he seems to be with them for a few years, right?
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see that he, it doesn't seem that he just stole it, you know, or that he kind of happened across it, but that he had some sort of training from the Tuscans on how to use it.
3: Maybe he has to earn it or something or, Mm -hmm. because he is just so... I I went back and watched the tragedy again from season two, because that is just, like, it creeps my <laughs> wife out a little bit. To be fair, it's, it's, it's pretty intense, and his face is like, oh my gosh. But that is like, um, that's and that was something I heard people complain about, too, or just wondering, like, well, wait, he just got his butt completely kicked by these guys, you know, in and, and Mas bone, <laughs> which we'll get to that later. But it's like, it was an ambush, you know. Right. A little bit. I yeah. Mean, the, the stormtroopers ambushed them, but they had a little better... They saw them coming, right? Because stormtroopers are anything but uh, discreet. (laughs) (laughs) So, But um, yeah, it'll be really cool, though, to see what happens with these these this Tuscan connection. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. What do you think about it?
3: Are are you assuming that we're going to get pretty consistent flashbacks like this?
1: I'm hoping so. I am assuming so. I mean, again, the book of Boba Fett and the idea that he's getting these dreams that he said are coming back, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: um, that's probably just kind of hinting to the audience that this is going to continue, I'm guessing. Um, But yeah, I'm really happy to see more of the Tuskins. I think it's been kind of neat to see the other side of them, you know, in Mm -hmm. these series and... Um, I've I've mentioned on the show before that I'm reading uh, John Jackson Miller's uh, Legends books, Legends book about Obi Wan in the desert.
0: Yeah, and I love that one. one (laughs)
1: Does have like from the Tuscan Raiders perspective? Like part of the story is told from their
2: perspective. Right. So,
1: um, yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to pull from that, but it's pretty neat, um, to to see that and. You know, I think this is the first time that we've seen a, a, an actual Tusken, like, using a gaffy stick in a combat situation. Like, you know, really, I mean, you know, we saw, like, Anakin slaughtering the
2: yeah the, the,
1: the, the community of Tuscans there and everything, but I don't, we really didn't see, like, actual
3: combat. I thought wasn't the one using one when he was attacking Luke in A New Hope, like up right. on that hill.
1: But that wasn't like a combat situation. It was more of a. Oh, just right. Like, it was just
3: them totally coming at some yeah. kid who's looking through binoculars. <laughs> was like, yeah, he wasn't exactly a Jedi yet. So, uh, yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was that was kind of neat.
3: Oh, right. Yeah. And even, even like Boba using it on just crushing, you know, Stormtroopers right. around, like that are hiding around rocks and stuff before they could get right. a shot off. But yeah, no, that,
1: yeah. So actually seeing like a Tuscan warrior, I assume, yeah. like, you know, using their native, you know, weapon in a combat situation, that was kind of cool. Cause of course yeah. he was, he was fighting Boba. I mean, Boba right. had a stick, but Boba knows how to use a stick. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, and part of the flashback storyline also involves this young Tuscan taking Boba and his fellow, like, loudmouthed prisoner, um <laughs> the Rodian,
2: out what into the that desert.
1: Guy? <laughs> <laughs> that guy has an attitude problem. Oh I don't my know. Gosh. Uh, but so they watch this raid of a homestead by, like, right. a gang of human bandits. And right. so I was wondering what you thought of that. Like, what do you think that that's going to mean for the story overall or for Boba like why did he get shown that
3: well you know I'm wondering here I'm just looking this up quick because um I wasn't sure were they were they human or were they that um I can't think of the race now or the species um the the gang whatever they were I'm trying to think Mm someone someone will inform us later whatever I'm just trying to remember but they I I don't I
2: don't think that
1: they were either humans or humanoid I'm Almost like ninety eight percent sure they were human. Okay, but... yeah, because I thought
3: they looked like there were some. I again, I can't remember the name of it. I, th- I thought they Maybe looked not. like the there were s- these the, uh, some of them at Jabba's palace, and then in some okay. of the animated series. But I can't. I'll have to look it up later because I'm forgetting now. But but at any rate, I think it's interesting. Um, they, I, I would guess, they definitely seem to be setting up some sort of rivalry here. You know, and I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's some of those same guys that are on the land speeders. You know, we saw in like the trailer and stuff like that. But I don't really know my guess would be much like how and and other people brought this up. I hadn't made quite this connection, oddly enough, which I feel like I should have, considering uh, with Andrew Hermes, I I have (laughs) been on uh, Secrets of the Godfather with SQPN Zone for for one and two. We still have to do three if we ever decide to do that one. But but uh, for as much research as we did on that and as much as I've seen those movies, I, I didn't. Uh, notice the similarity with this, like first episode, and like Godfather Two, especially with the flashbacks. You know where there's significant mm-hmm. segments of the film, and and for those who mm-hmm. who uh, maybe haven't seen it, um, the main sort of timeline is taking place in the late 1950s, but there's flashbacks to the sort of origin story for the the current. Mob bosses you know played by al pacino uh his father's story of his emigration you know the first decade of the 1900s and all the struggles he went through and then it's so interwoven in a pretty brilliant way that um i'm sure they're doing something like that for this as both sort of an oh, yeah. homage to that but also something to drive the story forward where okay now here he is as he says i'm the crime lord now i love that mm-hmm. line where he's just confused mm-hmm. like isn't this guy supposed to pay me? <laughs> you know, but like, what has he learned? Like, he's some of the things I was listening to and, and reading about. Like, I I feel like some people, it was weird. It was like, oh I, I felt like they were remembering Boba differently than me because I'm like, he's not some like naive like like this guy's grown up his whole life around seedy people. Like, he's right. not a, you know completely blind to how this works. But now here's his opportunity to try to like take it over right
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think precisely because of how much he's he's witnessed so I think this will be interesting like he said that line I think is is the key and they kept playing it in the trailers too right like you know Jabba ruled with fear I intend to rule with respect
2: mm-hmm.
3: I'm already seeing that over of course these flashbacks like the respect he earned maybe with the mm-hmm. Um, did he help them defeat this this band of of whoever you mm-hmm. know this gang and then you know, will he be able to, kind of depend now on that that loyalty from people he's he's legitimately protecting? You know, which isn't totally great because he's not completely selfless. You know, mm. but yeah, I'm just I'm really fascinated to see how that'll play into it. But that's what I assume is that it's somehow going to be like this tale of him, you know, going through these these different encounters and conflicts and and maybe working with the Tuscan somehow in that capacity. It'll be cool to see.
1: Yeah. um, I, I personally, I was curious um, whether the young Tuscan was showing the two prisoners. First of all, the prisoners, I think, I mean, it seems like they're being treated as slaves, but I'm not too sure what the, the intention was behind actually capturing them. So we'll have to see. Um, But With that being said, I think that you're right, that there must be something going on between this gang and the Tuscans. Um, I had heard that other people, uh, fans were speculating, you know, maybe this gang was raiding a bunch of homesteads and then kind of blaming it on the Tuscans. Um, And so, you know, who knows whether that's true or not, but we will see. I am I am very curious um, what his relationship is going to be with the Tuscans uh, regardless. And uh, one of the neat things that kind of leads up to that is this uh, sand creature that arises uh, in the in the desert as they're digging for these water pods, which was a, a <laughs> cool revelation too. like, I don't have we ever seen that before?
3: I the, the creature or the water pods, the water pods. Um, I think it's noted but well the water pods didn't they have those in the Marshall episode of season 2 of Mandalorian when they oh. were out in the camp weren't they passing that around oh that might well, it, be it, I thought it looked like it but I remember that Cobb Vanth was like sticking his nose up at it and it was like driving oh. it, was, it was generating some hostility and Mando was mm-hmm. trying to get him to like dude like drink it uh, I don't know if just he was picky <laughs> and right. Boba's not you know because Boba had his like no, oh, this is fresh, you know, so I don't know. I, I forgot to go back and check, but that might be good to it, if it if it was anywhere, I think it was there.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. You know? Yeah. But, but, but
3: now uh, I'm wondering, like, what what do moisture farmers do? Like, what like, are those machines like, <laughs> s, like, finding those things? Maybe. Like, I'm, I'm like, so confused.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, we got this really cool creature. He, you know, Boba. Uses his chains to choke it very similarly to how Leia, you know, um, chokes mm, And I'm sure that was intentional. <laughs> um, but that was an amazing creature. And, and yeah. Yeah. So, and then we get the two survivors returning to the village and the young Tuscan it kind of explaining how what happened and. Carry Everybody seems to congratulate <laughs> them instead of Boba. So, um, you know, the one leader kind of handing Boba some water, maybe a sign as, "Hey, I know this kid could not have done what he's claiming to right. have done. So, <laughs> thanks for whatever you did." Um, did you have any other interpretation of the scene, or just
3: I, looking well, I for just, it more? I I had uh, just some things to share quick about the monster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because that, I mean, we it was funny because it was it was pretty late at night. You know, we had like I said, it, was, it had been a full day. We watched the Matrix, uh, you know, Resurrections <laughs> right before it, and and you know, we're sitting there with with pizza and beer, and I'm and, and I'm a dad, and I'm getting pretty sleepy, but <laughs> I would never fall asleep in in you know a, a Star Wars movie, but I I was or a show or anything, but it was just great because I'm, I'm watching it intently. I'm taking everything in and I'm never expecting something like that. And he starts to like, uncovers the scales and my mind's going to like, um, a crate dragon, but I'm like, that's not big enough. And it comes out and I'm like, like, we're just sitting there. And like (laughs) I said, this 90 inch TV. Right. And I'm like, why is that My god and i'm like instantly having so much more respect for like luke skywalker growing up on a planet where those things are just like under the sand napping you know but um I, i gotta give a um another little shout out to our new sqpn uh 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 panelists not not for this program but uh but various other things but um but uh thomas uh thomas salerno who 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 pointed out he sent me an email earlier we were talking about this and uh, we had just done a show on um uh just a, one of my uh, personal youtube channels and podcast things we were talking about uh, ray bradbury because he's a big fan of ray bradbury uh, as am i and we were talking about you know bradbury was not like a uh, you know orthodox you know practicing fully sort of believing christian per se but but he has a lot of very interesting um brushes with with wonder and awe and with mysterious stuff and with you know uh, faith in some of his writings and so no surprises here um both thomas and i who who hadn't talked about this yet the moment we saw that creature we're instantly thinking of ray harryhausen mm. who was you know the um uh, famous special effects you know kind of godfather in some ways from back in the 50s and 60s who really i don't know if he i'm looking it up here i can't remember he invented kind of the stop motion thing but i think he really perfected it which you know and it looks kind of silly now in some ways when you go back with what we've come to expect but it really revolutionized uh, especially like movie monsters and stuff like that like that kind of you know um what did he call i can't find the term here he invented it um starts with a d dynamation stop-motion model animation called Dynamation. So, like, Jason and the Argonauts and a lot of those, like, 50s and 60s movies. But but one of them that he did um, was twenty. Was it here? 20 million miles to Earth. And if you go to Google and look up 20 million miles to Earth monster, it's a 1957 movie. And basically, if you modify the head a little bit and add two more legs, mm-hmm. it's exactly what it looks like. And mm-hmm. so there's no way that the, that's not some like one of the influences for sure. But like, yeah, the mm-hmm. arms, those really powerful arms. But the way that they I think with the two making it six legs instead of her arms, like, you know, the kind of both, yeah. which was extra creepy. That was so cool, I thought, because the way when he starts walking like on the the middle ones Mm -hmm. like first he's up with all four which my friend tim's like dude it's goro from mortal Kombat, and i'm like yeah and then he drops and starts walking on the hind four with the the two in the front up and i was just like man that is like i'm getting so many you know there's like almost like scorpion meets gorilla yeah meets like centaur
2: Mm -hmm. like it was
3: such a different kind of thing and uh yeah i really like I liked it as far as like, that's, that's a good star Wars monster <laughs> absolutely. with, with some like Greek mythology kind of, there's all sorts of cool, you know, like homages again, I think that that had, so yeah, yeah. that was, that, that creeped me out.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Oh, it was very oh, scary. Yeah. And
3: then
1: when you're talking about, you know, Boba going through this kind of hero's journey situation in the desert, right? Um, the, over like slaying the dragon sort of thing um yeah it was very relevant well let's shift gears a little bit into the more contemporary scenes and Mm -hmm. uh we get fennec shand um Mm -hmm. first thing we see kind of waking up boba from his healing therapy um Back to tank bed situation. I don't know how mm-hmm. else to describe this. Um, and he says the dreams are back. And so, yeah, as I mentioned before, just this concept of Boba's um stories coming to us this way, but also it kind of shows us that Boba has been through a lot. He's kind of like this yeah. tortured soul, I think, you know. Yeah. 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 I
3: and mean, like who, and it's like, who is he? Like this whole thing of right. like, like he's. You know, he and he sees Django as his father. He thinks of him as his father. He is his father. You know, like that's. But he knows he's a clone, mm-hmm. and that's got to be so weird for him from the standpoint of like, you know, who? It's tricky because we was, <laughs> you know I don't want to go too far into like you know, Catholic biomedical ethics and stuff. But the idea <laughs> is like you know, God, God uniquely you know creates the human soul, and and mm-hmm. like even if you have someone who is a clone, you know, I mean that's identical twins are basically. Clone, you know what i mean like but it's like they're 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 their own unique person you might have this mm-hmm. this you know similar or even identical genetic makeup but there's more to you than that so there's right. more to boba than just being Django's clone but like what is it
2: mm-hmm. you know
3: it's like who who is he who are his people he doesn't have any family he doesn't have any legacy it's, it's like what you know so he's completely understandably in this like i have to make myself I think in a kind of a different way than like anybody else, you know, precisely because and, and you could even I, uh, that fight with um, um Bo-Katan, right, in season mm-hmm. two where she's getting on his case about, you know, like I've heard you know, I've seen your face or I've heard I've heard your voice, you know, thousands of times or something. That's got to suck because yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, I mean, like in one sense, he's the most utterly ununique person from a genetic standpoint in the entire galaxy.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's it's it's, it's hundreds of thousands or millions of people who look and sound exactly like you, or at least did. And a few that are still around, like Rex, who I'm sure Tem is going to play. I'm (laughs) holding out for that (laughs) at some point, because just put a gray beard on him and there you go. That's (laughs) that's all you need. But but yeah, I guess I'm I'm rambling a little bit. I just yeah, I'm I'm so Interested in this, this just what's going on in his internal making sense of himself and what should he do? And, and you know, it's it's really amazing what the potential you have for this character.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I got so excited when we saw the waters of Camino in the flashbacks and yeah. The shot from, you know, the prequels of little kid Boba, you know, that we all know, Mm -hmm. staring at Django's helmet and realizing I'm alone. You know, I mean, I think we all have seen that back to the idea of being a stranger. You know, Boba really does know that he is a stranger. I mean, he never fit in with the other clones because he was different from them. Mm -hmm. He never fit in with the kind of underworld, like, gang kind of people. I mean, when we saw him growing up in the Clone Wars, you know, Aura Singh kept wanting him to do things that he didn't want to do. Right. You know, and he kind of felt like he was forced into a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're going to see more of that, of Boba being different. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about it. I guess right now, but you know, the idea that he says, you know, I don't torture people. Like I walk on my own two feet. I'm not going to be carried in. Like I'm not going to do things the way that other people want me to do them just because I'm supposed to according to them. Right. Like I think that's very integral to his character.
3: Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's again, like you could have, you could just spend the whole time talking about that title again, because stranger in a strange land, I think you immediately think like, Oh man, you know, is it him with the Tuscans? is mm-hmm. it the sarlacc stomach is it you know the the like mob boss world or is it i tend to think here it's 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 all of the above but, but also just boba in existence mm-hmm. right because again right. like he has this utterly unique origin story except for uh except for now as we know omega yeah, which a lot of speculation about that. I I've heard good arguments both ways about whether or not they would bring her in because that might upset the apple cart a little bit with, with as far as making it not so much his story. Sure, but I don't. I I think I think they are they are part of the same story, and I I really believe somehow eventually that's going to get brought out. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's in this show or not.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And so we see a lot going on in um, Boba trying to get set up as the new kind of crime boss. Um, We see him and Fennec interacting with these visitors to pay their respects. And we get some kind of like, you know, comedy, you know, (laughs) in there as well. Um, One thing before we get into that, that we that we hear is this term that Boba is referred to as the new daimyo. Um, Mm -hmm. which I didn't catch until I watched with the subtitles on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And that sounded very Japanese to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was hoping that Thomas would be on this episode. But in case, you know, I looked it up. Um, And so, yeah, apparently in feudal Japan, a daimyo was a lord who served a shogun. Um, And those were like the military leaders. And uh, the daimyo's were kind of like, you know, they were a boss in a way, but ultimately they had a master. So, I'm curious if people are calling him that as sort of like a you know, well, you're the boss, but you're not really the boss kind of thing. Or is it truly that Jabba hmm. had someone over him or what is the situation here?
3: I wonder. I think I'm going to go back and double check. I think did they did multiple people call him that or was it just that major domo twerp from the I, mayor?
1: So I read that because I was think cause he called him
3: that I a know, couple but, of times. OK,
1: yeah.
3: Um, I'm going to go but, back and check because if if it was just him or if it was mostly him, maybe that's like some subtle hint to remind him that the mayor's really in charge because
0: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. they're I mean, well, either way, they're clearly setting up that. Rivalry, you know.
0: Right. But, um well,
1: so the Trandosian called him that first. He did oh, that's right.
3: He did, yeah. Which is so weird because he you know, I love when he's just like, you know, I used to work for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so bizarre. Um yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Um true story. The reason that <laughs> this is maybe a little embarrassing, or at least weird. Uh my main context for that word is from uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> 3 where they go back in time to feudal Japan. So
1: that's great,
3: but it seems to hold up. I, <laughs> I mean, that's more or less what the guy they were dealing with. And that was like, but, uh but yeah, I don't know. Um,
2: darn it. Yeah. See. We need,
3: we need Tom left. We'll to ask Thomas next time. I'm sure we'll circle back to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There'll be more discussions on that for sure. Um, and, you know, we get the, as you were saying the major domo of uh the mayor coming in and basically him and the trendosian kind of implying threats but especially the major domo you know saying yeah you're going to probably get another delegation to visit you and that was kind of like when he said that i was like oh, okay there's going to be something going down here so <laughs> so then you know we'll talk about the cantina but you know I think it kind of all comes together here that when Mm -hmm. we see them getting attacked by this, like, organized parkour electro, like, assassin gang. (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know if it was like a threat
3: or some sort of concert was was starting or, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think is going on here? Do you think that people are out to get Boba to kind of test him to see what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are? I mean, do you have any predictions for how this is going to go? I
3: think it's yeah that that was I'm, I'm pretty confident that that was the second delegation um, that they're from the mayor. They do seem pretty official and um, mm. uh, same uniforms and matchy and matchy. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you know, so far I don't know if anyone's been matching <laughs> except the Gamorian guards. But um, which that was funny too. Which just yeah. was like, yay, those guys are back. I was like, is one of those the ones that Luke choked? <laughs> right you know, he looks more green but then again he was inside <laughs> in the A dark
1: pressure yeah now
3: they're out in the sun you know but <laughs> uh but yeah i i thought um you know i the and she did get him you know like when he's just like fennec alive um mm. and by the way classic example of overkill of him just very calmly you know weakly rocketing that one dude who's just trying to climb up yeah just completely into oblivion i'm like well you know um, like you said, he doesn't torture. It doesn't mean that he doesn't use like violence. But when he fast, does it, right? he just blo- <laughs> like most of the people he takes out never felt a thing. Yeah, no, yeah, no,
2: just yeah, brutal. There you but know. um,
3: yeah, exactly.
2: So, but yeah, I think
3: um, I think they they probably work for the mayor. I'm guessing the mayor is that authorian that we see in the trailer. Mm. Um, who's got a really creepy translation voice? By the way, I don't know what it is about. <laughs> Like, that's not the voice I expect to be coming out of that thing, you know. So um, I think that's where this is probably yeah, headed, you know. And and I can't, I can't remember her character's name, but Jessica Beals, you know, or Jennifer mm-hmm. Beals, rather, who plays the um, Jennifer Beals, uh, who plays the
0: proprietor the of that, that, that yeah. canteen. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Um, I'm I'm willing to bet, you know, that that clip of her from the trailer that was so used where she looks kind of shocked. I'm, I'm guessing that's when they go back in. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm guessing she was sort of expecting to see the last of them <laughs> when right. they left so yeah that's my guess is there this is all just this big you
2: know power Yeah, struggle, like everybody else know. is in
1: on what
2: is everybody's gonna got be an happening angle yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly and i think you know it, as you were talking about before boba well he should know what's going on but at the same time he is in a new situation i mean he He's never been a, the crime boss at Mosses, right. but, you know, so um, there's definitely going to be some politics that were behind behind the scenes that he probably mm-hmm. was not privy to. And so we're going to learn all that good stuff. I mean, we were promised like a, a mafia mob type of, you know, series. Yeah. So I'm sure that will... That will become more evident. Um, and
3: he's not—he's not subtle, you know. Like I think there's this notion of he's trying to, you know, like like let's let's be honest and respectful and all this kind of stuff about it. But he, you know, he's going around introducing Fennec as the you know, his master assassin. <laughs> and it's like, well, fair enough, but like, it might be good to not let everybody know that, you know.
2: But that's—he <laughs> right. that's,
3: uh, definitely like he doesn't have yet. I mean, it's pretty much just him, her, and the guards.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so like the, uh, this is clearly like about this this building of an empire and and how's he gonna go with it how far is he willing to go with it and i think it's a great way to test his character precisely for what you were saying earlier too where it's like well is he gonna you know go against his this seeming firm conviction that fennec and the the droid i forget the droid's name but that's what
1: i looked up yeah
3: yeah but like they're very like dude, if you want to do this, here's a, you know, you have to do torture, you have to do this. And he's like, nope, we're not going to do it that way. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's going to work or it's not, yeah. you know, I don't really see him being willing to totally go against who he is. So that the, I really think this is a neat way to put him in the crucible, so to speak, you know, and yeah. see, is he going to do this and, you know, maintain that kind of like, he's not a good guy, but is he going to like bring things up a notch, you know? In that world, or is he gonna be like, no, nah, this isn't for me. I'm not gonna go there. And, you know, what's that Mandalorian doing? I'm gonna go join him. And you know, <laughs> I think they were gonna go try to take over Mandalore. Maybe I'll do that. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't wanna go there. Just like, can you imagine. <laughs> that could give you a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah well. he just totally splits at the end of this, he's like, I don't wanna do this crime thing. I wanna go be like, become the Mandalore. That would <laughs> right, be cool. Right. I'd rather have Boba Fett be Mandalore than Din. No offense, Mm -hmm. Pedro Pascal, but no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting because we've never gotten a Star Wars, two Star Wars, like the two main Star Wars stories in a period of fandom that were led by Mandalorian characters. You know, I mean, these are two totally different series Mm -hmm. interrelated. You know, as you mentioned, maybe this could be considered a spinoff. But in any Mm -hmm. case, you know, these are two very different Mandalorian characters um, in terms of their personalities. You know, I mean, Din is just kind of seems to be, I mean, he just got his jetpack, you know, just literally got his jetpack, hardly got, you know, uh, a lesson. (laughs) And and Boba is a Mandalorian who has had a very different path Mm -hmm. in terms of. His life story, his experience, his way of work, and all that. So, right, yeah. I mean, there there's so much um, that we will we will be seeing from uh, both of these shows, but definitely mm. Book of Boba Fett has, I think, some new story elements that I'm hoping we yeah. will see um, with with the the crime genre. Um, mm. The other thing, of course, being the cantina, a.k.a. the sanctuary, apparently, Mm -hmm. um, being a very clean cantina and more upscale and um, Max Rebo and the modal nodes kind of playing the same (laughs) song, but like Robert Rodriguez style.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The flamenco guitar and everything. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was just I, I, I don't remember if. There had been theories about him surviving and stuff, but that's another fun. I was like, it's, it's canon.
2: There he is. <laughs> He's
3: back. You know, which that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It had, definitely had more of a Canto bite feel than,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, the, the Massa Heisley Cantina, you know, which is, yeah. I've, uh, I don't know. I think I, I haven't exactly had like a really wild, you know, sort of past myself, but but just in general, like I've. <laughs> ended up in a place that was a little more on the Moss Eisley side than the Moss Espa and, and like <laughs> oh, this isn't where i need to be right now i think i'll leave you know <laughs> but you know so that is interesting to have that variety in there but right. um, but i was with the people i, I there were a couple of people that were saying this too online as far as like that's not what i thought moss espa looked like you know we must have seen a real <laughs> you know small side of a suburb or something cuz you know the episode one um mass espa sequence you know I, I don't I don't remember seeing that like big thriving mm-hmm. metropolis almost thing in that spire and I, I don't remember any of that
1: well yeah, I mean there was and they there, were trying to
3: lay low right like they they were yeah. trying to you know not be sure. close to the huts and yeah, yeah.
1: I mean you can probably I, where the huts are. I think that it's been implied that, you know, the huts were the big, um, I mean, there was gambling on the mm-hmm. races and there was, you know, all kinds of um, things going on with the, the the huts, which were very, I mean, there was a lot of business. There was a lot mm-hmm. of deals. And when you have yeah. that kind of situation, I'm sure you know, whenever you talk about the mob or the mafia, like there's always big business there mm-hmm. um, behind, you know, money laundering and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't totally surprised uh, myself. Um, and I'm actually glad that we're not just seeing, I, you know, before we've seen Tatooine just very kind of, yeah, dusty and dirty. And, you know, I think we were expecting that. You know, for this, but more so, I think, with the mob crime, you know, scenario, it's going to be less of the Dusty Western and more of like, you know, let's put on our suits and and get Mm. to work type of thing. So,
2: yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there were also tons of Easter eggs, you know, I'm sure in this episode, I haven't watched, you know, all those videos that point out every single little detail but, I think I'll probably
3: go back and check them out before yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but any other, like, reflections, observations that we didn't oh. get to?
3: Not necessarily. I just wonder. It's kind of funny to me if, like, you get options on, because there's so much, like, Twi'lek variety, you know, like, you're, like yeah. the, the the different, like, you know, skin tones and stuff. And uh-huh. I to, I, I've, just, I've always been curious if, like, how much of that is, like, I, the aesthetic or like, you know, the lighting of the scene, like it'd be better if you're green than if you're blue, or 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 like, sure. or do you get to pick? Like, does you know, Jennifer Beals, like, you know, I want it to be kind of like this pinkish taupe kind of like I, I was just curious because it's like her and then like the like mustard yellow girl and the guy who's like Kelly green or like green screen green, where yeah. if they, you know, if they take him out in the volume or something, or he just needs to go somewhere in front of a green screen, he's just gonna disappear and it's just gonna be a headdress. <laughs> you know right. shorts floating around but no i just i, I love the, the the every time i i never get sick of like those big you know scenes of just a hodgepodge of all these different alien races and humans and everybody together because it's like you just sit there like it's like a high school reunion like
2: who, yeah. i know
3: oh yeah that guy you know <laughs> like trying to catch a glimpse quicker now like you're pausing you're like eh, here's a devaronian exactly. you know and just yeah. It is it is fun and and yeah. those the familiar you know species and just that setting but it's always a little bit different you know so that's that's just always something I enjoy seeing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess a final note: um, we we have lots more to talk about actually on this podcast. But a final note: uh, we would be remiss if we didn't kind of compliment the music because I think mm-hmm. that was really great. Again, um, Ludwig Gorenson. Um once again, producing a wonderful soundtrack, and I think one that he intentionally added some maori sounding you know chorus uh-huh. to the the theme
2: oh um yeah.
1: so that that was definitely neat um any any thoughts from you in terms of just how that went down well, the I, music
3: I liked how it's it's not you know it's not mimicking um Mandalorian at all Mm -hmm. but you know it's 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 drawing on these these influences um you know that uh just like I think John Williams did you know and there was I know a couple people were talking a while back about how a baby baby Yoda Grogu's theme was like almost not identical but very very close to identical whatever one step is you know, from copyright infringement identical. <laughs> but no, just just a real clear, like, homage, again, there's that word, to um uh, yeah. the planets, you know, was it Gustav Holst and, and um, which Williams himself, you know, drew from heavily uh, or was influenced by. So I, I uh, to see how Ludwig and, and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff with him has been so cool, like the mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorian, uh, the Star Wars Gallery or Disney Gallery, you know, season one Mandalorian, that was so great where they had that whole episode on the music and Seeing yeah. his process, and he's so quirky, you know. But yeah. like,
0: willing i willing to think try new ha- things. Think you have too. to be,
3: yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love that they've, uh, you know, re- taken this, this opportunity to really be like, you know what, you know, Boba Fett is this, this iconic character, but now that we've actually established, you know, 20 years ago that, you know, you, you have Tim Morrison playing Django then clearly he's going to be boba you know cuz he's a clone and with this this cultural opening to him you know to be able to really respect and honor and bring in this this really cool really fresh you know um uh you could say foreign
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: in the sense that that you know the majority of people consuming these 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 programs are maybe not that familiar with like you know sure. Maori culture and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it is a really cool uh, you know sort of influence to draw from it and, and makes a lot of sense, obviously, for a bunch of reasons. So that that's been very enjoyable. I, I'm really liking it.
1: Yeah. And I'd love to hear feedback from any of our QE listeners um about it because yep. I'm sure you all would be much more familiar than we are. Um and yep. any of you please. who are listening, please email us your thoughts about the book of Boba Fett, anything Star Wars. Um and you can do so at Star at sqpn.com. Or you can find Star Wars on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. Leave us a comment there or simply tweet us at sqpn. Um, And be sure to share the podcast as well while you're on social media. Now, at the top of the program, I mentioned our listener Jeff's email. Um, And so I just want to share briefly the rest of his message to us. So he said, in my preparation for the book of Boba Fett, I have listened to your coverage of Mandalorian season one and two as I rewatched. As well as visions. And I appreciate the discussion of Star Wars from a faith perspective. Regarding the state of Star Wars, my release prediction is that Obi Wan Kenobi will premiere on May 4th. I think Andor will be a midsummer to Q3 premiere, and Mandalorian will take the winter spot. I can see Bad Batch coming in either after Boba or Kenobi. Uh, no matter what the order, I'm happy to have your weekly discussions to listen to. This is before the premiere, so I will, so pure speculation, but I think we could see a Django flashback, which we did, kind of. um, so. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> And uh, Jeff also says, I also think Chewbacca appearing in the series is a strong possibility. Oh, thank wow. you all, and may the Lord and the Force be with you. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, very interesting thoughts there, especially the Chewie prediction.
3: You want to yeah, comment on I
1: mean,
3: that, Mike? That's e- well, I mean, I feel like that's easier to do because I don't know if, if, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Who's the new Chewbacca?
2: Right. The,
3: um, oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know. Um, come on. It's, it's, it's <laughs> wow. like a J but a Y Jonas, sound because he's Jonas. Jonas yeah, Jonas. Suotino. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if he's on the retainer, for, you know, or, you know. But I, I mean, that's obviously a much easier character to. If you have to have someone else play him, you know, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've liked the speculation about maybe not for this because this was already filmed and in the can a while back. But they are, um, of course, currently shooting Indiana Jones five, mm-hmm. and we we know they're de aging Harrison for that because he's got mm-hmm. the dots over his face. We know they've hired lucasfilm hired that um uh deep fake guy who's better right. at it than you know lucasfilm is um but now he's there so why why is he there he could be working on a number of things so i i just love the speculation that you could see you know an a appropriately de-aged um but not recast you know harrison ford as han solo again um wouldn't who, who wouldn't love to see that you know he's like Whoa, wow. <laughs> I didn't mean I, I was blind I spun around I hit the thing I'm so sorry I'm so sorry he's like don't do it again you know but like I, I don't I don't dare to dream of like a team up or something with them mm-hmm. I I do think I, I tend to agree with those who are speculating that if you do see him it would maybe be in Mandalorian season 3 somehow because of the timing of filming mm-hmm. um because he's, he's there you know but um so I don't know. I don't know that we'd see that. Chewie would be fun. Boba doesn't like Wookies, though, right? <laughs> I yeah, think I famously,
1: mean, maybe you know, they're but... in not a friendly situation. Who knows? <laughs> you
3: know, they get forced to team up. The forced <laughs> team up is 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 almost always a fun plot thing. You know? Yeah,
1: especially in Star Wars. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs>
1: We, we also nine, that's, had some uh it's
3: like nine, that's yeah. 99% of why I love Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It's they're almost <laughs> entirely that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we also had some fun audio feedback that was sent in recently. So let's take a quick listen
0: to that. Hi, Father Fenton Co. My name is Asia, and I'm a college student who loves listening to your podcast. I download it and listen to it while I'm at work scooping horse stalls. And I wanted to say thank you for sharing your knowledge of all things Star Wars. I love the movies and I've watched them all and consider myself fairly educated on all things Star Wars, but you guys have knowledge of the expanded universe and Clone Wars and Rebels that I haven't really gotten into as much. And it's great to hear the connections between not only our faith, but all the other bits and pieces of Star Wars that are out there. Uh, I missed giving you feedback for your 100th anniversary because I was busy doing school and I just had a couple of questions for you guys. One is, who is your actor picked to play Thrawn live action? My personal favorite is Benedict Cumberbatch. And if you could have a character from Star Wars meet a character from any other movie, book, TV series, any other universe, uh, who would the two characters be and why? I would like to see Han Solo meet Tony Stark and swap notes about... The Iron Man suits the Millennium Falcon and have interesting conversations after a couple of drinks. Thank you. May the force be with you and have a Merry Christmas.
1: Alright, thank you for that feedback and for listening. So, uh, Mike, my pick to play Thrawn live action is still Lars Mickelson, but did the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, suggestion sway you in that direction or is what what's your situation? I'm
3: I'm all in on Lars myself too.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just think it 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 for continuity's sake, you know, and I I I really think he can he can pull it off. You know, there's yeah. some great continue to be more and more you know uh, fan art renditions of him in the role that seem to be pretty fitting I think
1: yeah I also feel like Benedict maybe would need to like I don't know go through some kind of uh (laughs) crazy fitness program to kind of get to where I think we would expect Thrawn to be in terms of like body type um, I mean, it works great yeah. for Doctor Strange, but I don't know about Thrawn. That's kind of a different level there. So,
3: yeah, and I think it, it, he might be and I, I I do love him dearly, but I, I wonder if he's not a little overexposed. Sure. You know, in a sense, and just would he be overused? You know, um, I feel it's like that with Chris Pratt sometimes on things who I mm-hmm. love dearly also, but it's like. Is it like did, did we hit a point where like you're contractually obligated to make a movie you know, it's like there needs to be every eight months <laughs> the movie is like, oh, just give him a break. Let him
2: <laughs>
3: So um No, I think yeah, I I that's what I think with Lars, you know, like he's definitely a known entity. Mm-hmm. Uh his his brother's in Star Wars, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, very different kind of character. Yeah. That'd be
1: so, yeah, and then speaking of yeah. characters, the second question being if you could have a Star Wars character or meet a character in any other universe, who would the two characters be and why? So I'll answer first to kind of buy you some time there. Um, I would say this is kind of maybe pretty random um, and not usually as... I'm usually a very, like, deep and thoughtful person, <laughs> but um, I decided to go... My mind are pretty
3: stupid. I have I two... <laughs>
1: I was going on the fun and crazy side here. So um, I would love to see Gimli, son of Gloin, um, team up in battle with Chewbacca. So uh, I just think that would be fun. You know, Gimli has a lot of spunk and (laughs) I just think they would pair really well together and have a fun dynamic.
3: That's pretty cool. I I had, (laughs) I had my more serious one and then a more ridiculous one that just came to me now that I jotted down. So it may be cheating, but uh, we could say maybe it's for somebody else or other friends who couldn't make it tonight. But um, (laughs) I would, I was just, I had this maybe a little dark. I just sort of imagined like, like um, Luke and Harry Potter like wow. sitting together at like you know tashi station or something like like blue milk <laughs> like sharing whose story is who's had the harder upbringing because i honestly i i inter- if you're talking about family treatment i mean uncle owen gets on luke's case from time to time right but i mean it's it's, it's nothing like what harry's going through <laughs> you know in that little cabinet and, and everything so that was more and more like you know like a hero's journey orphan sort of like who's sharing their stories. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the the one that I would I would sort of much rather see, I think though, would be the now famous Bully Maguire from Spider-Man 3. Oh wow. Who's maybe the most famous character on YouTube now. He's in everything. But uh, <laughs> but like Toby Maguire as quote, Bully Maguire, the the weird venom uh infused uh Peter Parker's segment from the Spider-Man 3 movie from like 2006 or 7 him and young Anakin wow because i just I have this weird obsession of my mind right now with just imagining like Toby Maguire trying to be like a bully to like young Anakin who's like Ret- like like fighting him back with like ridiculous like, dialogue I don't know I just I feel like it would be a really interesting scene to play <laughs> <laughs> that but would no, definitely Luke,
1: be interesting
3: the Luke and Harry Potter one was a little more serious I think that would be <laughs> interesting to see the origin story discussion <laughs>
1: yeah well I mean this was a lot of fun so thank you mm-hmm. again Aasia, for the feedback and for listening um, please keep things
3: like that coming everybody yes. that's fun
1: <laughs> totally fun for us and for everybody listening because it's oh, like yeah. Hey, You know, what do you think? Email us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And we have to give a special shout out also to all the people who made this episode. a reality, our patrons, including Mm. Donald Y., John L., Kevin B., Robert C., and Austin and Petra W. And uh, you, too, can feel the rush of endorphins by hearing your name called and uh, knowing (laughs) that you've helped continue the mission of StarQuest by becoming a patron at sqpn.com slash give. Um, Now, a bit of news with this uh, sort of regular announcement that we have. If you haven't already, please leave a review for the podcast and give us a rating, Um, especially if you use Spotify because they just introduced podcast ratings. So uh, ratings, let us know how we're doing and helps Secrets of Star Wars get seen by more people who would be interested in listening. So give us a rating on your favorite app, especially now on Spotify. And another way that you can support the show and benefit is by purchasing Secrets of Star Wars swag, including hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, with a design encapsulating our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. So get, you can get yours at sqpn.com merch. All right, well. Uh, Whether it's your uh, shirt or your social media, phone call, etc., please do tell your friends and family that they can enjoy Secrets of Star Wars by subscribing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on our SQPN YouTube channel. And previous episodes can be found at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. Next week, we will be back to take a deeper look into episode two of The Book of Boba Fett. So until next time, Mike, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Star Wars.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: And once again, I'm Angela Cialana. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.